Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang. Time now for the bigger picture. What do we have to look at this week? It sounds like a lot, Ryan. COP26, we've got that highly anticipated virtual summit between the Chinese President Xi Jinping and President Joe Biden. Inflation... And all that to chew on. And of course, the earnings season continues to roll out and unfold. Let's get a bigger picture from Ablesh Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist at Standard Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Ablesh. How was your weekend? Good morning, Ryan. Hey, glad to have you on because we have a lot to dive into. So let's start with what's on the table with the COP26 summit. That has just wrapped up and we managed to reach an agreement. All the countries managed to get on the same page to some extent, but there's been a big issue around how they changed the language from phase out of coal to a phase down. So we've got many headlines around the past two weeks. What stands out for you, Abdash? Yes, absolutely. So uh, this was obviously a big, uh, you know, a widely anticipated uh, conference. It, it has been going on for two weeks. And, you know, despite what you mentioned about coal, I think uh, if you look at some of the observations that were there heading into the meeting, I think the agreement that we've got is uh, a, a lot more ambitious than uh, what market observers had expected. Now, clearly, it, the negotiations were a messy process, and that's to be expected when you're trying to balance out interests of almost 200 countries. But if you look at the positive, uh, you know, some of the things that stand out is India's, you know, commitment to net zero emissions by 2070, the pledge to cut methane emissions uh, and deforestation and obviously, you know, phase out or phase down of coal. Now, from a market perspective, I think the COP26 summit is likely to support further investments into climate investing team, which is out there. So we see growth in alternative energy, uh, which is said to remain elevated thanks to both structural as well as now policy tailwinds. And we think that companies and sectors geared towards, you know, enabling energy transition could also benefit from increased investment. Yeah, Abhilash, talking about meetings that might shape policies, one to watch uh, this week is US President Joe Biden holding a virtual summit with Chinese President Xi Jinping. So they are talking about, I imagine, a slew of issues and there is this backdrop of many sticking points and geopolitical issues like trade, human rights, the military, Taiwan, cybersecurity. What are you watching out for here, Abhilash, that might move markets? I think one thing to... Uh Keep in mind is that both President Biden and Xi Jinping have talked twice earlier in the year. So, you know, do we remember what what was the outcome of the previous two conversations? Uh, I think the answer for a lot of us is we'll have to think about it. Now, uh, obviously, uh, given the escalation in tensions around Taiwan, this is uh, being watched more closely. And, you know, we may get some agreement at at an administrative level to prevent or reduce the risk of an accident. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, trade and technology is going to be something that's, that's going to be discussed. But, you know, this is obviously a possibility that we don't get any market-moving developments uh, out of this conversation. And Abhilash, I'm looking at what's been moving the um, needle in terms of uh, expectations for interest rate hikes has been the rather hot inflation data coming through. In fact, recently we saw a 30-year high for U.S. inflation. And then we also have rather strong jobs data as well. So with that backdrop, are you changing your mind around where the US dollar is going? You've been quite bearish recently. Are you getting a bit more optimistic around the US dollar? 
The short answer is in the in the in the next three months, we we clearly agree that you know the dollar could have a bit more upside. But on a 12 month horizon, uh, we we still remain bearish on the dollar. Now, uh, if you talk about inflation, clearly uh, the the transitory inflation narrative that that we have uh, been hearing from central banks has been clearly challenged with the strong inflation print. But I think one important thing that was highlighted is that both Fed and ECB uh, have communicated that uh, the focus for them remains towards healing job markets and, and not fighting near-term inflation. So, you know, they, they did convey a dovish message. Now, uh, if I looked at the, the strong job quits data, the job openings data in, 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 in U.S., which is at an all-time high, those do signal that, you know, the job market is regaining strength. But uh, I think two things stand out. One is that the unemployment rate today is at around 4.6%, which is still above the, the Nairu that Fed communicates. So there's still some way to go before we come to full employment. And secondly, uh, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the participation rate in U.S. job market has dropped from around 63.5% before the pandemic to 61.6%. And you know this has been a combination of some people retiring early, but equally because uh, a few workers have not returned to, to jobs because they are taking care of their families, their young children. Uh, so, you know, there's still some slack in the labor market. And that's why we think that, yes, in the near term, uh, inflation could drive dollars slightly higher, but in the longer term, uh, the, mm. the downward move remains part of least resistance. Yeah, Abhilash, uh, the jobs data is quite interesting because, like you pointed out, it's been quite strong. But at the same time, a record 4.4 million people quit their jobs in September. How do you make sense of what's going on here in terms of the jobs dynamics? I think it's, it's a combination of things. So one is obviously it shows the confidence is returning to people, uh, you know, in, in terms of being uh, confident enough to quit jobs and quit jobs. So, so that's obviously a, a good sign of, of confidence in the economy. Uh, second is obviously if you look at it, uh, the number of job openings in U.S., as I mentioned, is at a record high. So it's only natural to mm. expect workers to take advantage of, you know, a, a, a labor shortage in some, uh, some sort of uh, skilled professions to... To, to get better job opportunities. But I think, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we still think that there's uh, a bit more room for, for jobs to increase before we reach full employment. Or right, Abhilash, so we've got that backdrop, strong inflation and strong um, data for jobs. What does this mean for your market allocation? Are you um, exposing yourself more to the value sector users? Yes, uh, so uh, we we do prefer value sector over growth sector. And I think uh, the key driver for, uh, for that is, is twofold. One is we do expect the 10-year treasury yields to rise you know, over the next 12 months with 1.75 to 2% range. That obviously is a headwind for growth uh, style equities. And secondly, uh, the, the, the strong economic progress that we've seen uh, does tend to benefit uh, value sectors. So our preferred sectors include uh, in, uh, energy as well as financials in the U.S. All right, I've been chairman Abhilash Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Abhilash, thank you for your time as always, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.